0: This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Head on over to patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast and subscribe today. Fans, founders, and insiders like you help us keep the Run, Eat, Drink podcast going. And we thank you for your support. I am Marco Chisero and you are listening to Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. I'm your host, Amy.
1: And I'm your co-host, Dana. And I am so excited we're closing in on 200.
0: We are. It's been a slower, steady uphill climb because we don't do as many of the quick bites out in the feed anymore.
1: Well, that's true. We are, if you count the quick bites and everything, we're way over 200.
0: Yeah. I think our our feed would tell us 300. Something like something. that. Something. I don't know. But anyway, anyway. Hi. We put up the, the content, and we're just so happy that you're here with us while we recap some running, some eating, and some drinking.
1: Absolutely. And I'm excited about what we're bringing everybody today. Why? Well, we're going to talk about the return of a community race Yes. this week on the show, which is so... So wonderful to see, and I I know that they're starting to come back, and in some areas they've come back, they've gone away. In some areas they've come back and they've stayed, and in some places they haven't come back at all yet. So I'm thrilled to report that we're going to be talking about one of our community races here locally that has returned.
0: We had a Runcation Nation meetup. We did. Yes. And... So very glad about that when that happens.
1: Yeah, so it's going to be a fun, a fun episode this week for the run portion. Indeed, and I'm also excited because I believe that this week will round out the last of our Alaska content. Yes, not everybody I think that we have recorded and put, and that we're going to put into the main feed for the show. Right,
0: I think there are a couple that we may have held back for. Patrons of yes.
1: The show. Yes, we do have some stuff that's uh, patron only, but this will be the last of our Alaska content for the for the main ep, uh, show episodes. It's true, and I'm thrilled because, again, much like races coming back, we got to go back to a place that we loved so much during our first trip out to or up to the Great White North.
0: It was so good to see. It was still there and still doing extraordinary business. They were super busy.
1: Yes. And at Glacier Brew House. And we are gonna be talking about both food and drink from Glacier Brew House oh, in Anchorage, Alaska tonight.
0: Such a great place. So all around some fun stuff. Yeah. We had a Halloween race and that kind of starts out our shout outs portion of the show.
1: Yes. Do tell.
0: Well, I I referenced a Runcation Nation meetup and if you paid attention to social media on Saturday, we posted some pictures as did Jessica, aka Harley Running Gal on Instagram. She was at the Goblin Gallop 5K here in Cape Coral with us and finished second in her age group. Very nice. Yeah, And she posted pictures of her medal, her award, all of that. That was so good to see. Her smile and the way she reacted when we showed up to the race and she just came over and just threw her arms around us and that is the kind of runcation nation meetup that I love.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I also just loved seeing how strong she looked. She did coming off of the, the, time with the hashtag therapist as she's rehabbing from surgery Mm -hmm. she's looking great and clearly it's working for her you know so fast you might even say that maybe you know she had surgical enhancement
0: physical therapist (laughs) enhancement
1: she did yes she did
0: yeah so the therapist she's kristen is great she
1: is So
0: congratulations.
1: I was going to say, and we're also shouting out Jojo and Susie from the Runcation Nation. I'm
0: so happy that they got to meet up again. They met up in uh, Gatlinburg, in uh, Tennessee, I believe with Darlene. All all of them, there were pictures Mm -hmm. from a breakfast they had. And it was time for Flying Pig, which normally happens in May, the, the makeup race happened this past week and it looked like a blast it looked like a disney race in terms of on course characters and entertainment and interaction and motivation it's like one we should put on our bucket list
1: yeah like the expo too like the expo as well seeing all those those pigs that were painted and decorated pigs pig statues and Mm -hmm. just what a cool looking event! And we've heard, we've been told that this is another race that is so widely adopted mm-hmm. by the community that it's one that we absolutely have to put on our list. And so, we
0: love that kind of thing. Yeah, time a community adopts a race like that,
1: absolutely. For me, that is going to be something that I look for when we are looking for races, 100%. and us seeing that kind of reaffirming it. And it's so nice to see. Coming off of the height of the pandemic that this type of event is being so strongly embraced by the community.
0: That the environment and the buzz and the energy, everything about it seems like classic racist. Yeah. And I think JoJo even went as far to say on social media, correct me if I'm wrong, JoJo info at RunnyDrink.net," that... She would do it again and she doesn't normally repeat.
1: Wow, that is high praise. So, high praise indeed.
0: Congratulations to Susie and JoJo. You rock. Absolutely. And those are the shout outs. Although Jennifer Hall is celebrating a birthday as we record this. So, happy birthday happy to fun size Jen. And she showed off her, her virtual Boston swag.
1: Super cool.
0: So, in, in a picture. This week. So, happy birthday.
1: Happy birthday.
0: Yay, and thank you for your support of the show. If anybody else has shout-outs, we scour social media. We try. We do. Sometimes we fail or we miss things. Please let us know at info at runnydrink.net. That's
1: info at runnydrink.net.
0: So that we can shout you out. Or you could call us and leave us a message. Well, you could record a little voice memo and email it. Or you could call and leave the voicemail at... 941-677-2733.
1: That's 941-677-2733.
0: Congratulations to all those that we've shouted out and those that we may have missed as well.
1: Absolutely. So before we jump into the run portion or the race portion Ah. of this week's run segment, let's talk a little bit about training updates. Well. Because you've been pounding the pavement and you've been adding some strength training to your regimen.
0: I would say so. And cursing so. my name. Yes. You said <laughs> I needed to strengthen muscles, but we mentioned the therapist. We mentioned Kristen and she said the same thing and gave me exercises that I have been woefully inconsistent with throughout September.
1: The further out from from therapy you've gone, the September more and August I was I was
0: woefully uh absent from that that was woefully absent from my routine it should have been but i have started to incorporate that and curse your name and remember and i fondly remember the smile on her face as she said it's good it's great we're gonna do great always very positive
1: oh yeah i remember that
0: smile we're just gonna do it not gonna take no for an answer going to be smiling the whole time we do it together even though she just shows you a couple and says okay do it so <laughs> so
1: you've been killing it with, with lower body strength exercises Indeed. in addition to some speed work and some long runs
0: mhm i've been doing cadence drills acceleration gliders and i've been trying out different ratios to see what i can maintain as far as number of steps walking which I think is a good focus to have because in the run, I find I I got the number of steps that I need. But then I tend to slow down in the walk if I'm not focused enough.
1: Mm. That's a a really important uh, point. I talk about that a little bit in the live stream. I'm doing, you know, there the urge if you're tired, especially is to slow down and and you can slow down so much that you eat up any gain that you make during your run segment. You don't want to do that.
0: And I think that if, if you slow down too much, that's why I'm playing with some run, walk, run ratios, some 525, some 530, 1030, 624, which you refer to as the magical ratio for me. Just to see what I can maintain because I think if you choose the wrong run ratio or you go out too fast in a run, training run, or in a race, then you can not have that finish that Jeff talks about. Jeff Galloway, America's coach and our coach, talking about finishing strong and being faster in the end and very lovingly, affectionately passing your friends and fellow runners at the end. Right. That's the what you want, that strong feeling. So that's why I'm testing all that out. In addition to making sure that I have yoga programs that I've been doing throughout the week that address what he calls weak links. Like if if I am feeling soreness around my IT band and in my quads and hamstrings, just making sure that I support those muscles in that way also. So that's me
1: super smart you well it's been a lot of you know doing the 10 count to 10k program so i've been focusing on working on a one to two ratio
0: how do you like that
1: i'm not a real fan of it honestly i i it's hard to believe that uh, what a difference five seconds makes but it really does and that's
0: too hard for me
1: it's not that it's too hard it's
0: I know it's not too hard for you. I know you can do it. Yeah, it's not even.
1: I don't, not really. But then again, you know, it, it depends on what your what your ultimate goal is. I think I might like it more if I if I lengthened that out. Maybe if I were to do like a maybe a forty second run and then an eighty second walk.
0: Oh, making the. The segments longer rather yeah. than shorter. Yeah,
1: in this particular case, I think that once you're getting into this, into this now, for me, it might be better to go longer than huh. to go shorter. If I wanted to maintain that ratio,
0: hmm. but you, you said if I want to, right?
1: I'm still experimenting with it. As we're recording this, we'll have the next run on that Couch to Ten K program a little later this evening mm-hmm. and I'm going to stick with the 2040 this week, but mm. I may play around with, with ratios a little bit, you know, depending
0: if you had to say right now, what's your favorite ratio?
1: I tend to default to 1545. I, I, or that one to three ratio. I, I don't know. I don't know why I, you know, may, maybe even going to a 2060 would be better off. It's hard to believe what a difference that just that five seconds makes, but again, like I explained in the in the run, compounded over time, that extra five seconds makes a huge difference in your time.
0: This is exactly what I was talking about with playing around with the ratios over the last couple of weeks as we headed to our first live Disney race. Right. It, I want to make sure that I choose the right ratio so I'm not dying at the end or puking because our coach is anti-puking and anti-dying yes. on the course. Yeah. So... It sounds very similar. It
1: is. It is. So that's where I'm at right now. And I incorporated this week's run that we're about to start talking about into the long run portion of the Couch to 10K program. So I, ahead of the 5K, I did an additional 2.2 miles yeah. just to uh, pad the, the total distance because that was going to be all about total time on your feet and total distance run. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were up to. Yeah. So 5.3 miles was the run this past weekend. And that leads us right into our local run that has returned. This is, this is a race that we did last year for the first time.
0: We did it last year, and I did it better in terms of costume last year oh. because I did actually prepare for that, dressed up as Black Widow because that's the only costume I own. I really need the help of the Runcation Nation in formulating different costume options for myself. But that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> However, I did wear my beer skirt. And we did see some great costumes. And Jessica. And so this, this run, I want to say, you know, that was one of the first live runs that we came back to last year, but also, it was higher attendance this year. There yes. were there were more people. It seems so. Yes, more registrants.
1: I think I think at this point, the people who might have been reticent to go to a large outdoor event with a lot of people, yeah, have gotten beyond that fear now. And you're seeing more people return to events, so that that's mm-hmm. what it seemed like to me.
0: There were people that were decked out in in the like the toll the tool skirts. Oh yeah, and I, costumes like Minnie and Mickey and. Well, you Snow had whole White
1: families and, dressed up in, in a, a single theme costume theme for the whole family. Yeah, and it was it was a really cute event.
0: There was what coming up behind us and that passed us. I guess they started late so that they could be the groom and the bride, like the bride running after the groom. It, yes. was, it was so adorable. Very So cute. adorable.
1: And this is a race that starts at a local waterfront park here in Cape Coral called JC Park. And
0: Beautiful sunrise. It
1: was a bright and early run at uh, 7.30 in the morning was the mm-hmm. time that it started. And it was coming on the heels of the cold front passing through here bringing us some fall like weather for the first time
0: so it wasn't as humid as it could have been which is great
1: right and then ding 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 yeah and then we you know we start in that park we run some cul-de-sacs then there's a long straightaway that will take you out to the main thoroughfare that that gets you to this park mm-hmm. and then we dip into the neighborhoods a little bit
0: mm-hmm. on
1: both sides and then basically come back to the park it's it's where we started it's a nice out and back course they have one water stop on the course mm-hmm. this time they were doing it a little bit differently they were handing out little bottles of water true enough, as opposed to pouring water into little cups yes so i think that it it worked out Quite well. Oh, yeah. Uh, there there wasn't a lot of mess. Uh, you could carry that water bottle with you, which I actually, I carried it with me for the rest of the race and then oh, yeah. you know, drank it at the end.
0: And if you registered early enough, you got an orange shirt with the Goblin Gallop logo and you got a medal that was like a little orange-ish pumpkin.
1: Yeah, it's like a copper or, copper. or aged bronze yeah, yeah. Um, jack-o'-lantern, So cute, so cute. Very, very cute. We got the medal last Last year. This year, we didn't register until, uh, I think, close to 5 p.m. the day before. True enough. So we were a little bit late to the party for any swag this time.
0: And that's okay, because the kids' race that followed ours was so... It was, it was. And there were a lot of kids' race. and
1: And there were plenty of kids that actually ran on the race course with us yeah. during the main event but then this was a dedicated uh, little race for, for the just younger for the kids
0: yeah and so they had to have the medals for the kids because that it's just perfect so,
1: so now you were attacking this race
0: <clears throat>
1: with a bit of purpose and we actually mm-hmm. we started together but we didn't really run together no so talk to me about your your course strategy what were you doing
0: i didn't well, I know you were doing the live, and I know that your purpose was different from my purpose. Yes. Your, you, it was time on your feet and endurance and the and the buildup to the, a little less than five and a half.
1: Yeah, like I've told people before, listening to me do the Couch to 10K program, long run day, you can walk the entire thing. And that's basically what I did.
0: I wanted to try the 5K distance at my proven and trusted ratio because this next weekend we will for your birthday weekend by the way be at disney for their first live races since 2019 and we decided to do the 5k and the 10k because at the time we registered i thought i really i want to come back to the half distance but I want to do it right and have a nice progression and I need to build in more strength training and that. And so I wanted to give myself time leading up to Jeff Galloway's race or the Donna or both to, to get to that distance and not feel so much pressure at a Disney race to maintain that 16 minutes a mile. And I know that a lot of people in the runcation nation can meet that no problem, but I am truly back of the pack and that's not to diminish my effort or my own race. It's, I just didn't want to put that extra pressure on myself even though I really would love to have returned to that two-course challenge from back in 2019 where I did set up a personal best for the half marathon distance before the knee surgery and all of that, I just wanted to not put that kind of pressure on myself, like I said.
1: Well, and we also have to remember that your knee surgery this time was much more involved yes. than your previous one. Yes. And you know, we we will casually throw out terms like got my knee scoped. Yes. This true. And, and yes, while technically you got your knee scoped, this wasn't just, you know, a meniscus repair. This was a lot of other stuff that they did while they were in there. Yes. So it's been a longer, slower recovery getting back to to fall.
0: And I think that the challenge over the summer with the weight loss and and the different types of workouts throughout the summer have helped in the recovery, but I didn't want to put that pressure on myself. I wanted to see if at the 5K distance, which is half of the longest distance we're going to be running back to back next weekend, mm-hmm. wanted to see if I could maintain at that 6:24 ratio and i wanted to test out whether i needed to have a one mile warm-up or a half mile warm-up because in the longer distances i normally walk the first mile briskly yeah and then start the intervals so because the first mile is always a liar it's always a liar and i don't really feel good until mile two which is i know silly in a 5k because then it's you turn around and it's over although a 5k sometimes feels longer Than the longer distances, and I know that's weird.
1: That's because your body hasn't fully warmed up until, like you said, after mile one, and then it's over. So you're you're, you're, a third of that race is that first crappy mile.
0: Yeah. So I'm like, it's lasting forever. It's never ending. I don't know if anybody else feels like that, but I just that's I feel like that. So I I tried to maintain. Actually, I did maintain. Let me not diminish my effort. I did maintain the 624 after the half-mile warm-up. And it might might end up being like a mile warm-up on both races next weekend. But I did maintain it, and I did stay under 16 minutes a mile. And shout-out to Jessica, who ran me in, and also Dan Rams from the Cape Coral Running Group, who ran me in. Dan started to, and then he wanted to get some photos of the other Cape Coral running group members who were there. So he ran with me a little bit and then got some pictures with you. And Jessica continued the rest of the way. And she was just one of the biggest cheerleaders of the Runcation Nation and the podcast coming into the finish. So I can't thank her enough because it it made the finish feel so good. Absolutely. So I did it. So I'm thinking that I found the ratio, but I just wanted not to rely on my memory of it and wanted, wanted to, do to it. make sure that it was going to be the one I could maintain and the walking pace was not going to get too slow.
1: Sure. Yeah. Very nice. So I use the race to ex- as an extension or as part of the long run for the Couch to 10K. You used the race mm-hmm. as a test bed for ratios for an upcoming event yes very nice
0: all good felt really good about the effort and felt really good about supporting the united way
1: absolutely and this is a charity race event that supports the united way which is an umbrella organization really that that filters money to a variety of causes in communities across the country. So we're going to have a link to them yep. in the show notes. Sure. We are thrilled that this local event is back and is was so well attended and just so much fun ahead of Halloween.
0: Yeah. So it was I just, just regret great to see it. I regret not dressing up what, next year. Next year. You know, I could get some help from the Runcation Nation and I won't be...
1: We have some pretty pretty amazing costumers in the Runcation Nation. I am sure you'll get the help you need. I am sure. <laughs> so, yes. of course, anytime we talk running, you know that it does make us work up an appetite.
0: Yes, and I know that we have featured some really excellent plant based and vegan options here locally. We sell. We celebrated this past week was World Vegan Day. Who knew that was a thing? Uh, not me, but but it was, and. But we still have some indulgent and awesome meals from Alaska and one that we couldn't hold back from the regular show.
1: No. And, you know, if you listened to our episode from Anchorage, Alaska from two years ago, you heard us talk about this place, Glacier Brewhouse in downtown Anchorage, Alaska, is this wonderful place that's almost hidden like on a main thoroughfare in downtown Anchorage and you walk in and there's just this enormous fireplace, this huge bar with tons of taps. Oh yeah. there. It, it it's, it's got a lodge feel to it. Very
0: lodge, lock cabin, yeah. lock cabin like feel,
1: but homey, their food game and their beer game. It's so good. Were 2 years ago. Absolutely out of this world.
0: And wait, last time we went, we did it after the half and it was more of a celebratory dinner where we had a little bit more expensive entrees. Yes. In the fish and in, in the steak and the in the crab that we had. This time after the 5K we, after the 5K at the Anchorage Run Fest, we revisited the favorite for some lunchtime and small bites and still some great brews.
1: Yes. So we decided to go for, you know, apps, I guess would yeah. be the best way, you know, I a- would say yeah, Small and, plates. And they have this tower. Oh. Let's talk about the. Let's start with the tower.
0: We're going to start with the starters, <sighs> starters. Well, it is a, that's the way it's listed on their website, which we'll have a link to in the show notes. Yeah.
1: It's called the Brewhouse Appetizer Tower, and this is for it those is
0: tower. that
1: can't make up their mind. Mm. And honestly, it's so big that it's a, two people splitting it. We didn't leave hungry.
0: It's very tall on the table. Physically it's tall. Physically tall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it is jam-packed with amazing seafood so
1: tell us what it has aim
0: it has garlic prawns calamari and alaska smoked salmon dip now the smoked salmon dip we had as a part of our big celebratory meal oh yeah you know
1: which i was (laughs) i wanted that i was going to get that
0: by itself if i had to yes But it was that same serving size in this appetizer tower. Do you know how some samplers have, here are your favorites, but they're smaller. Scaled down. Yes. Yeah,
1: they don't do that here.
0: Mm -mm. That's why it is like a, a... gargantuan tower
1: and it's yeah it's basically three full-sized appetizers
0: three full-sized appetizers one of which we returned to because we couldn't stop thinking about it for two years alder smoked salmon alder smoked alaska sockeye salmon lightly dressed with greek yogurt lemon zest capers and dill served with alder-grilled artisan bread and crisp, sweet gherkins, which I love.
1: And when they say alder, they're re- referring to the alder wood, wood, which is a common smoking wood up in Alaska. And yeah. this is, I think, one of the best fish dips I have ever had, mm. period, anywhere. And this is coming from somebody who grew up on, on fish dip here in Florida. That's yes. a, That's a very common thing here smoke fish included because we do a lot of smokes smoked mullet here.
0: Yes, in Florida that's more common.
1: Very much so. And this is served in this little crock and I lo- it's so cute like, it's, like a little
0: mason jar almost.
1: Yeah, and it's not so puréed or so mashed that the salmon loses its its toothsomeness, loses its bite. You end up, you know, getting just phenomenal texture in the meat in in the salmon dip and the use of the greek yogurt was so smart
0: what i i what i love in that jar is that you can see the pieces of salmon and that the the yogurt and other spices and lemon zest and it's layered on top
1: it's like a savory parfait
0: so you can get in there and spoon it out on that really crusty and that amazingly deliciously charred bread. That bread, oh, amazing!
1: Is and you can hear Danny, Danny. agrees.
0: Danny agrees
1: is insanely good. It's the so good. the slight smoke you get from it because they they char it, you know, on that alder wood. The Softness of the interior of the bread, and then that hard crust on the outside.
0: You can put a lot of that dip that on that bread, and just have you could have made a sandwich. Oh yeah, out of it, and the and the gherkins. I just love the tang of those gherkins. Yeah, with the lemon zest and capers, that the brine, all of that just adds so many layers of different. Like it, it, it hits the the salty and a little bit of the sweet and a little bit of the tart and just all those notes
1: and then your textural notes with the bread with the chewiness of the bread the crispiness of the bread the creaminess of the yogurt the the uh, yeah it's just so good so good and there wasn't a bite left and I I said crock actually it's it's more like a half mason jar
0: it is and, that's how I felt about and, it
1: and, and yeah it's it's just Absolutely fantastic.
0: I, I mean and then another part of it was the garlic prawns. No. I mean,
1: so. You're partial to shrimp and shellfish.
0: I am. Tell I us. Am. Tell us all. About. I know that you like the smoked fish. Oh yeah. Having grown up on it. Mm-hmm. But the garlic prawns, jumbo, all natural, Pacific white prawns, garlic, artichoke. Mm. <laughs> Artichoke hearts, tomato, fresh herbs, red pepper flake, potato, rosemary, bread. Oh my gosh, I, I'm telling you, it was in a sea of that sauce. In in, in I, I just it looked like a nice hearty, just butter sauce with those tomatoes and artichoke, and those artichoke. The artichoke was no slouch. And those, no, they were,
1: the pieces were the size of the shrimp.
0: It was in like a sea of this butter, garlic, sauce. And I liked those tomatoes.
1: The roasted or blistered tomatoes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That gave a, a surprising little pop of sweet and acid oh. to cut through the richness of that butter sauce I and the shrimp. That. You know, we're used to- So meaty. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. We're used to Gulf shrimp here in Florida. But it's uh,
0: different from, like, say, a Key West pink. Totally different than a
1: Key West pink or an Argentinian pink. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, those
0: are huge. And these these are huge, too. These
1: were really, really nicely sized. And you you could basically make your own crostini with it. And I thought that the shrimp were cooked just to the point of being done. So you didn't have that situation where the tail won't come off, the... The like shrimp ends pinch. up. I hate it when places overcook shrimp, and the you you try the the pinch trick. Where yeah, you, I love that. Yeah, don't you hate it when it doesn't work?
0: I hate it when it doesn't work, but it worked on every single one in this dish.
1: If that what we're talking about is when you get like tail on shrimp, and you <sighs> go to eat them, and you pinch them, you pinch the the the, the shell, yeah. and pull. If the if that doesn't come out whole, they probably overcook the shrimp.
0: Probably going to be a little tough. But it, this was perfect. Absolutely perfect. I, I just loved it. I would have it again. I love the artichoke and the the texture it added.
1: And the tartness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, there was nothing wrong with that at all. But this was not... <sighs> I, I, I think that the third and final one in the tower was the most unique. And it's yes. going to sound weird to because say that.
0: Because when you hear calamari... Normally, you have a vision in your mind when you close your eyes and you think of an appetizer that is calamari rings.
1: Yeah. Everybody, if you've ever gone to a restaurant to order a fried calamari appetizer. Lightly
0: dusted and fried calamari rings. It's like most restaurants
1: have the same playbook.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is not necessarily a bad thing because I love me a good set of calamari rings and some of the tentacles, tentacles that are just. Oh. But yes. This this is called simply the best calamari, not only because it's a reference to an amazing artist in Tina Turner. Let's be real, but it because it's also just simply the best presentation because you get so much out of it.
1: Yeah, and I think that this is because you know, on the west coast of the United States, large squid mm. have actually become a problem. Oh. And they're they're, really? they're fishing them and using them as food, which is great cuz they're delicious, but they, yeah, the conditions have gotten so good for them that okay. yeah, they they can be a bit of a bit a bit problematic. I did not know. Yeah, these are buttermilk battered oh. calamari, and they serve this with a jalapeno lime aioli, fried jalapeno chips. Yum. Okay. Now these are not rings of calamari. No. These are imagine planks of calamari or fingers of calamari because each one of these is about the size of like a,
0: a chicken finger
1: of a chicken finger or a fish finger or yeah or a fish stick. Yes. They're enormous. And I think that they're getting these big squid. Mm. And because they're getting some really large ones, they're able to do presentations like this. I don't know that we've ever had a calamari appetizer, number one, that has calamari this large.
0: No. I cannot remember in the history of the show or our lives even.
1: Two, I don't think that people appreciate that calamari, much like... Pork, and much like shrimp, is a meat. It goes from raw to undercooked to perfect to ruined in no time at all. Yeah. And they managed to not only do the biggest pieces of calamari we've ever had, but they stayed plump and juicy and tender.
0: And the breading was crispy.
1: And stayed on.
0: And stayed on. And and it was just so huge chunks just delightful and delicious.
1: I can't overstate how big the pieces of calamari were. These were again, these were like you said, chicken finger sized mm-hmm. fingers of calamari. Oh yes. They were huge. Yeah. And just absolutely incredible. And the the aioli is ridiculous, nice and creamy and tart.
0: But it was it wasn't super spicy the jalapeno element.
1: Even the fried jalapenos weren't right. I, I so which good. was kind of nice. And mm. you got a little bit of a little bit of acid, but yeah. not really I didn't think any appreciable heat. Did you?
0: No, I didn't get any super spicy heat off that no. at all. No, it was just a textural element different than the fried pieces of calamari. And just like a salt and pepper to to bring out the brininess so it was not it was not overly fishy, hundred percent. You know, but hmm.
1: the the capstone to Ooh, our, our the capstone our eat, our eating here is actually something that we recorded. We did there at the restaurant. I
0: think we like devoured that tower. We're like, we're not recording that. Let's just go in.
1: Their chowder. Oh my god! That they do is, I think, one of the most indulgent silky flavorful chowders i've ever
0: had hearty alaska seafood chowder it's called on the menu Uh uh-huh alaska seafood roasted corn shaved fennel sweet red pepper crisp bacon creamy crab broth splash of dry sherry
1: and we recorded a hot take on this item right there in the restaurant so, we're going to play that for you. Hey guys, it's Dana and Amy from the Runny Drink Podcast at RunnyDrink.net. We are still here at the Great Glacier Brew House in Anchorage, Alaska. We've just finished up our 5K run this morning, and we are having comfort food. That's, there's really no other way to put it than that.
0: It's comfort food.
1: Alaskan style. Alaskan style. Yes. Ah, Uh there. Party Alaska Seafood Chowder. This is Alaska Seafood, roasted corn, shaved fennel, sweet red peppers, crisp bacon, creamy crab broth, and a splash of dry sherry for $9.95. What do you think, Aime? It's
0: tiny little dices of potato to align with the size of the corn. I get butter, I get sherry. I get seafood goodness from the broth. It's rich, it it's is, velvety. It just warms your soul.
1: The corn pops when you bite into it It mm. gives you this little pop of sweetness. Yeah. The potato is nice and hearty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, the crab, that taste of the sea, just permeates the entire thing. That is amazing. I love it. That I can imagine a bowl of this when it's winter here. Uh, That'd be perfect. Yeah, this is comfort food Alaska style. You you hit it nail in the head. That's uh-huh. amazing. Mm. And these are these are starters. No. But you could absolutely do this in a in a pint
0: and be happy. And be
1: very happy.
0: I am very happy. <laughs> I'm very happy. Okay. So Glacier Brew House is always great for comfort
1: food, great beer. Yeah, and we're revisiting this place. You know, we want to check them out post pandemic, or you know, after the big shut, the major shutdown, and, and not being here for two years. And their food game is still amazingly on point. Yes. So, come check them out, Glacier Brew House, downtown Anchorage. Yum. I could drink that soup
0: yes <laughs> we need to get on a plane and go get it and drink it mm.
1: and i know that you know some people will argue that if it if it doesn't if it's not from Boston, it's not really chowder but it was chowder and it was glorious it was so good and i
0: oh. isn't it like a creamy white soup with potato that's defined as chowder like seafood
1: I think or so, no. but there are some psychopaths out there that think that Manhattan clam chowder has a place at the table. Which Oh,
0: that's the red chowder. Yeah,
1: that's that's fighting words for a lot Chowda. of people. Mm. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. If you like it, anyway, if you're not a psychopath. You're just wrong.
0: This was a great meal.
1: Yes, 100%. Mm. We are going to have links to, of course, Glacier Brew House in the show notes, but yes. we're not done with Glacier Brew House. Let's talk no. drinks while we're at it because they are a brewery.
0: And they have so many different styles that they do so well.
1: Yeah, now we couldn't decide, Mm-mm. and we were very fortunate that we were able to sit down with our beer flights. Yes. Rather sizable ones. Five? I believe so. What,
0: was it five?
1: And We didn't cross the streams.
0: We did not. We were able
1: to give everybody, yeah, it's five total, and we were able to give everybody a unique set of beers, and we also recorded our hot takes on the beers Yeah, right there in the brewery, Mm -hmm. so let's have a listen. Hey guys, it's Dana and Amy from the Runny Drink Podcast at runnydrink.net. We are coming to you, we're recording live inside of the Glacier Brew House. And this is a place that, that calls itself Alaska's Craft Brewery. Mm-hmm. And this is our second time coming here. Yes. Uh, we, we came here last time for an amazing meal. Today we're coming for appetizers and beers. Yeah. To something, a little light fare lunch kind of thing. The problem is an embarrassment of riches when it comes to beer here. Yes. And we both ended up doing a flight. Uh huh. And I don't think we've overlapped a single beer. We have not. So why don't we talk about the beers that we got, and we'll give you all a hot take on what we're drinking.
0: Well, the first one I have is the cast-conditioned ale served in the traditional English style. From a beer engine and served at 52 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know what the flavors are in this one because uh, apparently they rotate or vary. Okay. Smells hoppy though.
1: Okay. Right off. It has like a nice golden yellow color, not a lot of cloudiness to it. No.
0: very it's like like a a, a citrus dry hop flavor nice
1: very nice yeah yeah it smells hoppy you're absolutely right
0: yeah
1: it's very light though
0: yeah
1: light body there's almost a celery kind of thing going on with that
0: i don't know if i get that to me and not much carbonation.
1: No, it's very, actually, very flat. Oh.
0: But, I mean, you know, there's their cash condition deal, so.
1: All right, well, I started with one that's a, a very unique one to this brewery called the Fireweed Courage.
0: I was looking at getting that one. And it
1: says, A light end-of-summer beer that represents the beauty after devastation. Made with Alaskan hand-picked fireweed. One dollar of every pint of this beer will go to Priceless, who works with the survivors of sex trafficking to rebuild healthy, vibrant, self-sustaining lives. 4.27 ABV, 10 IBUs. Now, this immediately is... A very pale yellow Uh, with a little bit of haze to it. Almost
0: like a lemonade color.
1: Oh, yeah. Good call. Nothing really on the nose. Mildly carbonated. Yeah, I don't get anything on the nose. With a very bready uh, flavor on the finish. Oh, yeah. That's delightful. This is it's like a
0: bready lager type thing.
1: Yeah, this is something that I, I like would that. expect for like a, a hot weather beer.
0: Yeah, I not, like that a lot.
1: Not an Alaskan beer. What? I expect that it's a hot weather beer.
0: But it shows, well, so far it shows variety. And, and they're
1: I very think, different. And but, I
0: think you're going to see it in all the flight that we have. So, yeah. so my next one is the Tangerine IPA. The Tangerine IPA. The perfect summertime IPA. So we're having a summertime theme right off. Okay. Full of bold notes of mosaic and citra hops, which we know we love from Southern Swells and their education that they gave to us. With loads of tangerine to give the perfect citrus twist. Alcohol, four and a half. Well, 4.4. And IBU is... 40. Okay. So I think you know like when you think of like Ramosa, Right. I don't think that it was it's that high on the IBU. I don't remember. But I guess we'll see. It doesn't look orange-ish, it looks more like a like a like a in between golden and that blonde yellow.
1: Yes. So but a little bit of haze to it.
0: Just a slight haze, not
1: not enough to call it a hazy. Yeah.
0: No. And I get the citrus notes on the nose. You?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would say this is very citrus forward. Yeah. Hello. And
1: we have food arriving too. So here we go. Oh.
0: Yay. Calamari, garlic crumbs, smoked salmon dip. Wonderful. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Let's go. Thank you. You are awesome. It's my pleasure. Taste some of this at the and I
1: think. Oh, there's a tartness I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. Um,
0: not as sweet no. as, say, like the Brute IPA of a Bramosa. No. From and, uh, Big Storm.
1: And not as bitter as I was expecting for it to be at a 40 on the IBU scale.
0: Yeah, I thought it would be have a really bitter finish, but it doesn't, so...
1: Well, I decided to darken things up a little bit with my next offering. I am going with their Oatmeal Stout, and their description reads that this is a premium pale malt from the Pacific Northwest, various dark malts and crystal malts combined with rolled oats, nitrogenated, 5.6% ABV, 21 IBU. So, this is a very dark dark brown, like deep, deep chocolate brown color. Absolutely no light passing through at all. Really heavy mouthfeel. Heavy. Yeah, mildly carbonated. I, this is not... Uh, they said it's nitrogenated, so it, it, it's, it's a nitro, but... It's also got a little bit of acidic bite, so I don't know if it's pure nitrogen. I don't know how they do that. Um, this has a nice <laughs> roasty, toasty kind of flavor to it. Very reminiscent of.
0: It smells like uh, almost like the acid of uh, coffee.
1: Yeah, it's got some coffee, certainly some coffee note to it, but also a little brown sugar kind of thing going on. A little bit of sweetness, very
0: subtle. It's quite
1: good. I could do a pint of that no problem. And at five point six, that's not going to uh, that's not going to knock your knock your socks off for yeah. alcohol.
0: Yeah. So. Okay, so the next one I got was the Imperial Blonde, which, slightly, which is described as on their menu. Slightly malty, creamy, and smooth. Honey is used to attain the high yet seductive alcohol level. Seductive. Ooh. Served in a snifter, I guess, if you get a full one. <laughs> if wine. you get a full one. Alcohol is 9%. IBU is 24%. So. Okay. It looks golden in color. No haze to it at all.
1: No, that one's perfectly see through. Yeah. But deep gold color, nice, nice. Color.
0: I get honey notes on the nose.
1: Yes. And I can see the carbonation in it.
0: Yeah. Heavier carbonation. It's like, it's almost like a cream ale flavor. Oh. Like a honey and vanilla.
1: Oh, that's lovely.
0: Yeah, I'd have a pint of that one for sure, just like you did the previous. I
1: I was expecting this to be hoppier.
0: Yeah. And I thought Imperial may be more bitter. Yes. Because that's been a characteristic of some of the Imperial.
1: And that's got a little lingering bitterness after you swallow, but not bad.
0: I like this a lot. I like this a lot.
1: Well, you went Imperial blonde, I just went straight blonde. Huh. So. Crisp and refreshing, centennial hop aroma, and smooth, creamy finish. Premium two-row barley from the Pacific Northwest, Northwest. lets this beer shine. Alcohol is 4.76, oh. 15 IBU.
0: A little bit lower than the Imperial. Yes. So this will be a good comparison.
1: It's a little lighter in color.
0: Yeah, I think when you hold that, they get some more golden Yours, on yes. the Imperial side. Oh okay. What?
1: This is lighter. A, a lighter, crisper version. Li- version of that, yeah. Yeah. This is another one that I would I would say would make for a great hot weather beer. Or
0: we come up to Alaska and we're having like all these. Well, except for the one that you got that's the darker of your fight.
1: That stout is no joke.
0: I like that. That's a clean, white finish. Very good.
1: Yeah, this is this is a perfect post-race recovery beer. Very right bready. There. I like that.
0: Very bready. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's That's see. Next. Raspberry wheat. Is next up, this is a recommendation of our server. And I love wheat beers. So I love wheat beer. I love raspberries as long as it's not too tart. This is loaded with Northwest red raspberries. Tart and. Satiating? Yes. Interesting description. This beer is red in color and boasts fruity flavors of red raspberry 4.76 4. alcohol by volume and 12 by the year. 12. 12. Yeah. As you
1: would ex- normally expect.
0: It's got a very light raspberry color, almost like a pink lemonade looking beer.
1: Yes, and it's very hazy.
0: It smells like cotton candy to me.
1: Oh, I definitely get the raspberry on that.
0: You, do you not? You're, up, you're, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm thinking Jolly Rancher.
0: Oh. Okay. I get raspberry for sure.
1: Immediately? Mm-hmm.
0: The carbonation is like medium to high. And I don't, it's, uh, yeah, it's very refreshing.
1: Okay, this is... It's a lighter mouthfeel than I was expecting based yeah. on the, the haziness of it, but this is very easy drinking, mm-hmm. and there's no bitterness on this at all. Good pick, Aim, or, or I should say, good referral from our, our server. Yes, she did an amazing job. All right, I am going. I, I'm going with a fruited beer also. Oh. I'm, I'm doing the Blackberry IPA. Yeah. And the menu, this says that this juicy, unfiltered IPA was brewed with, using Simcoe, and Maria and Mosaic hops. Refreshing with blackberries gives a semi-sweet balance. Alcohol, 7.38%, 58 IBUs. Ooh. Now, the appearance on this one is very similar, but darker than your raspberry. It's
0: a darker pink. It
1: has a darker pink on the nose i'm getting a little hint of the of the of the uh, blackberry
0: oh why do you say oh okay
1: that's the only place i get the blackberry though on the nose on the nose i'm not i'm not getting
0: any blackberry what do you get
1: if you didn't tell me that that was a blackberry i wouldn't know it the There's plate.
0: bitterness on the end. There's a bit.
1: little bitterness on the end. It's, it's a lighter IPA. Yeah. And but but I wouldn't immediately know that's a fruited beer.
0: It's just a lighter IPA body.
1: Lighter body IPA is what I meant, yeah. And, and citrusy. Yeah, the tartness, I'm getting tartness, but I, I can't immediately identify that as blackberry, can you?
0: No. That's no. not a bad thing, no, it's no. just
1: not what I was expecting. Mm. Okay Yeah. And the last one on your flight The
0: last one on my flight is an amber Malty Medium bodied With hints of chocolate and caramel From the crystal malt Munich malt, roasted barley And cascade hops 5.67% ABV and 25 IBU Looks very amber Very caramel in color See through not hazy
1: that's got a nice color to it.
0: I get a malty scent
1: on the aroma. Oh, yeah. That reminds me almost of an Irish red. Oh, it's so malty. Yeah. In a good way?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Would you also get chocolate? everything. So far. So good. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that is
1: unexpectedly a little bit of
0: chocolate note
1: yeah that is very subtle I would do a whole pint of this
0: I know I may do a
1: whole pint of this that is is
0: well we have to do your last beer Mm -hmm. and then what I want to know is what would you get a pint of having had all the samples oh okay All well what I like about the way we're doing this is that we're both tasting each one and then all are different
1: yes we have actually so we're sampling
0: ten
1: yeah and we haven't overlapped a single beer right All right, so I'm finishing off mine with a, a very odd offering. It's their Imperial Coconut Ale. Interesting. You would think coconut ale. You don't think Alaska. No. High alcohol, slightly malty, creamy, and smooth from the menu. A half pound of honey per gallon. It's used to attain the high yet seductive alcohol level. Alcohol, honey, nine percent ABV.
0: Did you say honey? Honey. Same thing as what Tw- I had earlier.
1: Twenty-four IBUs. So I'm very curious about this. This is a, An a imperial blonde. A medium gold color. Yeah. Darker than the uh, darker in terms of the, the golden color than any yeah. of the others that I've had.
0: It looks more like the Imperial Blonde, which uses the honey to achieve high gravity as well. Yes. I'm not smelling any coconut on this. No? And you don't like a coconut that uses like an artificial kind of flavor. So. And I
1: don't think that they're using a coconut extract here. Yeah. I'm getting, I get the honey, and I'm maybe getting a hint of coconut in the, in the nose when oh. I swallow. Okay. What do you think? Now, it's a heavier body. Mm. That's, a, that's a medium to heavy body.
0: The mouth feel right away. Yeah. It's heavier. 100%. But it's like the...
1: That's very pleasant, actually. I don't get
0: a whole lot of coconut. I get a hint of honey.
1: It's more honey than coconut, I think. Yeah.
0: It's more akin to the Imperial Blonde. Yes. That I had in my flight. It's and that's not a bad thing I think it's very flavorful yeah now
1: okay so we've done 10 beers
0: yeah we've, we've sampled 10 yes
1: what do you think which one would you have a full pint of out of your flight and then out of my flight
0: mm. I ooh, that is probably probably the raspberry was very refreshing and subtle
1: Okay, the raspberry wheat.
0: Yeah, it would have to be between the Imperial Blonde and the raspberry wheat. But, the oh my God, it's so hard to choose because the amber has the caramely notes that I love. So, I guess if I was going for higher gravity, I might do the Imperial Blonde. If I was going for a lighter taste, I would go to the raspberry. But maybe traditionally, just... Like the amber is a, is fantastic, so I might have a whole thing of the amber.
1: Okay, that's a good call. Now, how no, about how about out of my flight?
0: I, uh, the the blonde is excellent in your flight. It really is. As an everyday kind of drinker, easy drinking hot hot weather beer. Yes. So, yeah, you. Okay. Now you.
1: Um, I think that the out of your flight, I would probably go with your amber. Yeah. I, I really like that one. I it's think very that's, good. that's delicious, easy drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one that's kind of stands out to
0: me. known. notes, chocolate, hint of chocolate.
1: In mine, since I did really, I only have one dark beer in my flight. I'm gonna say the oatmeal stout for sure. Really? And then in addition to that, I would really go with the the fireweed courage. That first one that has that very light, crisp, you know, that I I called like a a hot water beer. That's a very nice. It it is just so refreshing. So great choices here.
0: I think they have a wide variety on the menu in terms of the gravity of the beer, but also in terms of the flavor profiles. And some are very similar, but I I think overall you would find, for anybody who was into beer, a flavor for all palates. Yes. And Um. like last time we came, we had different ones. Like the Key Lime, I remember, was excellent.
1: Yeah. Here. Surprisingly you would yeah. of all the of all the places and like, to get a key lime here. We're beer.
0: from Florida, so yeah. So so I think their their beer game is very, very strong here. It is. At Glacier Brew House.
1: So would you recommend this place to come, not only for food, but if you just wanted to come and get a beer?
0: Yes. I would.
1: I agree completely. Strong,
0: strong game.
1: It's beautiful. The oh. decor in here has a lot of exposed wood. Quintessential and stone. Alaska. Yeah, it, it is. It's amazing. And then off at the distance, you can see the brewery through a glass wall. Yeah. They've done an amazing job on the decor here. So if you're in downtown Anchorage, yeah. this is going to be walking distance from any of the hotels in the downtown area. Walk on over, get a pint, or get a flight
0: to have some variety. Yeah. And experience what Alaska has to offer, it was a great meal, and we had a variety in our flights
1: we did, and I think that the thing i 'm happiest about, aside from the amazing food and beverage that we had there, was the fact that this place was absolutely packed we oh were, yeah, we were on a wait to get in and mm-hmm. It would seem that they have weathered the storm of the pandemic very well. At least I, I, I certainly hope that that's the case.
0: I think last time we had an open table reservation and they may still be on open table. So this, it would be advantageous to make a reservation. I would say.
1: Absolutely. Especially as cruising starts making a a big comeback. This is a popular spot for people who may have a a layover, a layover, is it called layover on a cruise who may be stopping (laughs) over either before or after their cruise. And they're staying in, Anchorage at yes. one of the big hotels. This is a place that's very popular because it's walking distance to the Hilton, to the Marriott. So true. Enough. So if you're, if you're thinking about going there, avail yourself of the opportunity for open table or f- call ahead for reservation. Yeah. All right, guys, I wasn't kidding. That is the last, Aww. the last of our content for the regular show from Anchorage, Alaska. We need an excuse to go back there or somewhere else in, in Alaska. So we're going to be on the lookout for another race up uh, that way.
0: We just, I, I love our time there on both trips. And I can't wait to get back there. Although I know we need to feature a different race, a different town, a different.
1: Well, there are other races. There are other towns. I know. I'm not afraid to go explore. So if you guys can think of a great race we should check out in and around Anchorage, Alaska, or some other city in yes. Alaska, let us know. And in fact, that leads us to what I was going to ask everybody to do. We want to not only know about where to run, eat, and drink. Of course. We also want to know about your accomplishments or accomplishments you want to share.
0: With From the others, Runcation yes. Nation. If you're shy about yours, shout out someone else you know In the Runcation Nation that needs a celebration of their accomplishments, info at runnydrink.net. That's That's info at runnydrink.net. Attach an audio file or write it out and we will share either way.
1: And of course, we mentioned our phone number earlier. If you don't want to, you know, attach an audio file, (laughs) that's just, you know, too much technology for you. Call us the old fashioned way at 941 677 2733. That's 941 677 2733. Leave us a voicemail. Yeah. And shout yourself out. Shout out a friend. Tell us about something that you want us to celebrate here on the Run Eat Drink podcast.
0: Thank you all so much for listening. For joining us on your long run, your commute to work, as you're cleaning the house or cooking, wherever you are. I'm your host, Amy.
1: And I'm your co-host, Dana.
0: Stay safe, stay well, and we will accomplish, explore, and indulge with you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having another great year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Run eat, drink Podcast, And on Twitter... We're run, eat, drink, pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or send us an email at info at run, eat, Visit our website at run, eat, and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Find out how you can support the show at patreon.com slash drink, podcast accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.